0: You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead. My name is Gene Marks. I'm here with John Adaconis. John, hello, hello. Hey, Gene. How's it going? It is going good. We have a great guest with us today, Dan Bettencourt, who is the president and CEO of Community First Fund. Um, Dan, thank you very much for for joining me. You're based in Philadelphia. We're going to be talking about Philadelphia's Grit Fund and CDFIs as well. But first of all, let's just start a little bit about yourself. You're president and CEO of Community First Fund. What is Community First Fund?
2: We are a community lending organization. Some people know us as Community Revolving Loan Fund. Started about 30 years ago. Um, About two years ago, um, our organization who covers, you know, Central and Southeast PA merged with uh, a local uh, CDFI. Founded on the um Girard near the American Street. So that was Fananta. So a lot of it was the former empowerment zone uh, organization on American Street. And so you we know, have a long rich history through our Fananta merger and community first fund serving the greater Philadelphia area for the past 30 years.
1: Got it. And so you're a community development financial institution or CDFI. And I realize this is, you know, you're based in Philly, and I do want to talk about the fun that you're doing, but CDFIs are all over the country. What Yes. What exactly is a CDFI, Dan, and do you have to be, you know, located in an underserved area or a minority business to take advantage of a CDFI or, is the, you know, the, or, are, are your programs you know, open to all businesses?
2: Well, I mean, the program uh, primarily focuses on small businesses that have a hard time accessing, you know, loans. Community Loan Fund started about 30 years ago really out of a movement because entrepreneurs and small business couldn't get capital from, you know, their financial institution. So it really was started by uh, community groups, civil rights organizations, even religious organizations. Uh, Today, there are about a thousand across uh, the U.S., about a dozen in the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, and we primarily lend to businesses that can't access or don't qualify for your traditional bank financing. Um, and yes, we do focus on you know low-income communities. We do focus on businesses owned by people of color. Although it's not limited to that.
1: So if I go to a traditional bank, I know the traditional banks. You know, you see them on the street. You see their advertisements. A lot of businesses can't qualify for traditional bank loans for various reasons. Where do they find CDFIs? Like, how, how would I find you guys?
2: Well, we we are, we are do have a network at the pacdfinetwork.org. So that'd be one way. Um, and there are a number of neighborhood CDFIs in Philadelphia. Um, I'll just do off the top of my head to name a few. Of course, Community First Fund. Um, there's the Enterprise Center on West Philadelphia. And there's a number of others vested in. Uh, there's Entrepreneur Works, Women's Opportunities Resource Center. Uh, there's obviously PIDC impact as well. There's, so there's a number of them uh, serving uh, the greater Philadelphia area.
1: All right. That's really good. Now, if we're outside of the greater Philadelphia area, um, which, again, I think you know a lot of cities have similar networks sure. of nonprofits and lenders, right? Uh,
2: I would say at least half of the ones I mentioned also serve the five-county area uh, that's greater Philadelphia, including you know if you add Delaware and Camden County in uh, South New Jersey as well.
1: Right, would the Small Business Administration or Small Business Development Centers or SCORE, you know, which is affiliated yeah. with the SBA, you know, if, if if a business owner went to them, say they were located in Houston or St. Louis, and they went to them, it, you know, would, would would those types of organizations also be able to redirect you to a local CDFI?
2: Correct. Um, I would say that most bankers, the Small Business Development Centers, and the SCOREs know their local CDFI, uh, and I would say about half of Um, The way we could get connected to small business is through those sources.
1: The CDFIs themselves, I mean, how do you get your funding?
2: So our funding is very similar to a bank where banks um, have depositors and that's how they relend. We have investors and they tend to be uh, investors that like the kind of mission lending that we do. The investors tend to be uh, banks, foundations, religious institutions, individuals, and then government agencies. They invest in a fund and it revolves and we keep lending it out. And eventually we'll give it the, the principal back and, and and the rate of return to that investor.
1: What types of loans do you guys offer? Like how are they normally structured as far as terms, amounts, interest rates? What, what can a business owner expect?
2: Very similar to what they would expect at a bank, you know with um, an interest rate that's um, you know that's marketable. Of course, uh, uh, average is probably you know four or five year loan for a business loan. and and the purposes are the full range of working capital equipment expansion, uh, even if you want to buy the real estate, you know, maybe you're renting a building, you want to buy the real estate. So it's pretty broad in terms of the kind of loan structuring that we do, but it'll be very familiar to the small business.
1: What about due diligence that's required? I mean, what what if it's a startup business or uh, operating, you know, unprofitably over the past couple of years? what, What do you require for loan application?
2: I mean, the, the number one question we're trying to figure out is, do, are we going to get paid back? And so right. we do underwriting the way traditional bank or, you know, business underwriting is. But we understand that not everyone's going to look good on paper. And so, you know, we can stretch where we have to and then, you know, make other requirements where it makes sense. But ultimately, we become the financial advisor to the small business and help them understand how to qualify for a loan with us.
1: Um, are you guys like the sort of SBA lenders where, you know, SBA lenders have a certain, you know, it's like 90 or 95% of their loans are guaranteed by the SBA. Is that the same situation with the loans that you give out? Are they guaranteed by the government?
2: They are not, although we can access uh, a loan guarantee when we need to. And it makes sense with a small business owner.
1: And if I'm a small business owner asking for a loan, um, it, can I be expected that I'll need to put up collateral? Um, and what happens if I just don't have assets to collateralize? We typically
2: do want the small business to have um, what they call, you know, skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So, as collateral is available, and depending on the amount, we will require it. But it is not—it's not an absolute requirement. And that's where I think the 7A, the SBA 7A program, the loan guarantee does help when there's a shortage of collateral.
1: Even more so. Do you guys, you know, partner with banks? Like, is it somewhat common that I could get a million-dollar loan from you and and another million-dollar loan from a bank? In other words, do would banks? welcome the fact that you're sort of part of the financing package or do you normally just offer loans just independently
2: uh i would say um in about in half of all cases the the bank is handing over the request to us from a client they, they're unable to help and right. so there's already a close relationship with the local bank because they have deposits with them and there's a relationship and it's a really warm handoff sometimes we're doing the loan on our own because the bank's not able to do it Sometimes. We partner with the bank and we're doing let's say the equipment they'll do the line of credit uh and we'll share or sometimes we'll just share the loan and and um so it's, it's a really good synergy between the local city and the bank uh, and the bank feels really comfortable working with their local community uh loan fund
1: got it and you know does does the you know community first funds do you guys provide any other banking services or is it just loans in other words do you do checking accounts do you offer credit cards do you do you know things that a you know a retail bank would do
2: There are different kinds of CDFIs. The the majority that I've been uh, sharing with you do not take deposits or have, you know, retail products, They're generally small business or commercial lending institutions.
1: So let me pivot a little bit, then I'll hand this over to John in just a couple of minutes. But I, I, you know, so, okay, so, Daniel, so like I have a client that is I'm just thinking of them specifically. It's two brothers that run a company in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So it's not necessarily in North Philly or West Philly they struggled over the past couple of years. They have like 20 employees. They are having a difficult time getting financing from a traditional bank. So again, they're not in, you know, an underserved area or a low or moderate income area. They're not minority owned. They do have a business that's been up and running for, you know, a decade, but they would have need of, you know, the kinds of services that you would provide the kinds of financing you would provide. Are they eligible?
2: They're certainly eligible. And, um, you know, as I said, the question we're trying to ask, the second question I'm trying to ask is, um, are they able to access capital? And right. it sounds like, you know, there could be a situation here where, you know, maybe they don't have a strong net worth or some other, or, you know, low, low profits and things like that. And, I, and this is the area that we, uh, feel very comfortable in, in analyzing that business and trying to help a business like you described.
1: All right, that's good. I mean, and, and I ask that because like I'm seeing these two guys next week. And, you know, I mean, for me to say, like, hey, I had a conversation with Dan at Community First Fund and he might be able to help you guys. Yep. And, you know, and, you know, I know that, you know, if they're even aware of CDFIs, I know the first response I'll get was saying, well, isn't it mostly for minority owned businesses or in low to moderate income areas? And I guess my answer to that is, no, that may not be the case. And, you should talk to a CDFI um, to see if, if they can help. Is that good advice to give them?
2: I think that's always been the marketing challenge uh, for organizations like ours, where some people think we only lend to one group versus another group, or we only lend to you know catalytic projects or you know, corner stores or restaurants. I mean, our lending is pretty broad and it goes pretty deep in the communities uh, that's fit the, the greater Philadelphia area.
1: Okay, and then this will be my final question. And then, um, John, I'll turn it over to you. We have not even talked about 3D First funds, you know Philadelphia Grit Fund. So I'm kind of hoping you're going to ask about that. But before I let Dan go, um, one final question for you, Dan is: Is do you guys compete against other CDFIs? You mentioned there's about a dozen of you, right. say in the Philly area. There's a thousand around the country. So uh, you know, if I'm a business owner and I'm looking for funding, can can I go? Am I going to get the same answer from from any CDFI locally? Would you advise that I, I talk to more than one CDFI because you guys do compete and there might be other alternatives? Uh, and even added to that, do I have to use a CDFI in my local area? Could I talk to a CDFI in in Texas or Illinois? Um What are your thoughts on all of that?
2: Right. And your earlier question was, you know like will CDFI lend in the Bucks county? And even though I said our lending is pretty broad, some CDFIs are geographically focused, okay. So, you know, we get if we get a request from Maryland um, or Texas, to use the example, you know, we'll just say you're not in our 20 county area, for example, the greater Philadelphia area. So uh, geography does matter, just like it does for a bank, because that's where you're getting your your investments and, and your, you know, the philanthropy to support your operations. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, as far as competition, you know, we don't see ourselves as competing against each other. And the reason for that is there are far more clients that have needs than know about us. And I would say build a relationship with with at least one CDFI financial institution uh, and go from there. Because one thing one thing I understand about entrepreneurs is they want to build a trust relationship, one that they can, um, you know, help grow and expand their business over time. And, And the best way to do that is to build a relationship with at least one institution.
1: All right. Makes sense. All right, John, I've just beaten Dan up with all of my questions. So now it's your turn.
0: Thanks, Gene. Yeah, I, I think people always love to hear about resources available to them, especially when it comes in the form of cash, you know. Have you noticed a trend kind of coming out of the pandemic, really looking at ways to increase funding for small businesses? And do you feel like that's slowing down or picking up? Like, what are your thoughts on on having to be keen to look out for opportunities like this coming forward?
2: Well, as far as trends, I mean, I, there's definitely a trend that governments spend at this, you know, local level, city council, state level state legislature, and then the federal government through its PPP and SBA um, put a lot of uh, resources, um, grants or near grants or forgivable grants to small business to help bolster them and, and help them, you know, survive and, and, and then um, and thrive. And so that we all saw that across the U.S. And if that didn't happen, you know, I don't know what financial situation we would be in right now. So that that was a positive. Uh, as far as, um, you know, the banks coming out of COVID and, uh whole they they all came out with a lot of um their their their, their clients intact small business intact and so they they're very liquid because a lot of um businesses and individuals have a lot of you know cash and deposits and so the banks are willing to lend and they're actually getting into spaces where maybe they wouldn't before they're they're lending to businesses that maybe not they wouldn't have in the past so i think that's all good a good trend for small business that the banks are ready to lend and have been lending and you know there was a question earlier by gene as far as can business have losses, I think all financial institutions can look at the trends of small business and see that maybe you had a loss because it was a blip and then now you're back or you have a new, you know, financial statement or income statement. So it, it a, lot of, a lot of things ha- that happen, COVID can be explained, uh, can be, um, you know, and then we can underwrite and take a look at that for an approval.
0: And what are the things that business owners should think about before coming to an institution like yours versus maybe like a bank or a different lender, right? Like, are there typically different pieces of information? Are there different ways to engage? Like, what's the best way for someone who's looking to kind of move into working with an organization like yours to do that?
2: I would say just an awareness of who the local community development uh, institution is or CDFI. And, um, you know, I already said the pacdfinetwork.org is a good place to find that. You know, our website, communityfirstfund.org, is another place. So just becoming aware of it, talking to your local banker, um, you know, seeing who they would refer you to is always a good thing. Uh, As far as preparing for the loan request, um, it's very similar to a bank. So if you gave a a package at a bank with, you know, your three years tax returns and you fill out a net worth statement and you have a business plan, you know, just forward that um, to the same, uh, you know, community development financial institution or CDFI and uh, you'll find that you don't have to replicate information. We're going to look at very similar, you know, financial documentation.
0: Awesome. And what do you think, um, you know, business owners should kind of think about, like, after they they come to you guys for a loan? Like, are there other programs that a CTFI would typically offer or or kind of other ways that you might be able to partner with them as they kind of think about growing their business?
2: Well, there are um, really good resources in Philadelphia for ongoing training, uh, entrepreneurial training. Um, there's, you know, small business development centers, uh, Temple uh, and Widener, among others, private bank initiatives. As uh, Santander Bank just launched a new initiative for training for anyone related to the food business. And then, of course, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase had the ten thousand small business credit initiative, which a lot of people got. What I call like in a you know business MBA. It's really just a course, of, you know, a series of you know financial. Uh, education courses over three years. And there's a lot of resource. you know, the community, Philadelphia Community College had, you know, has some courses. Um, my organization um, has training uh, community first fund. So, you know, beyond alone, you know, connect with an organization that has ongoing training so you can grow and expand your business.
0: Awesome. Do you feel like people have been looking for information and content like that more kind of over the past couple of years? Or do you feel like those are resources people still don't seem to be aware of?
2: Um, there's always an awareness challenge um, when you know we don't have like a branch system like a bank would. Um, so it's sometimes it might seem invisible, but once you get connected into one organization, they'll they'll connect you into the whole um, network. Yeah, so I, I think that's uh, an opportunity for people to learn about the even education resources.
0: No, I mean I think you know we've talked to a couple. Um you know, folks from CDFIs over the past year, I'd say, and Gene, keep me here, especially as it relates to different programs that, you know, local governments have been offering and, and different institutions as it's kind of related to pandemic recovery. But it, it just it feels like it's such a an organic way to really kind of benefit the community. And there's just kind of a genuine spirit of, of real goodwill. So, you know, definitely appreciate the, all that you do for our community. And I'm sure they do as well. I have a couple other questions, Sean. Just,
1: um, you know, we, you know, Dan, you've got this grit fund that you're launching. It's a hundred million dollar grit fund for Philadelphia's black and brown owned businesses. Can you tell us what that is?
2: Yes, it's um, a diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative that came out of the Philadelphia chamber. And what they recognized is um, there, are, there are historically disadvantaged businesses in Philadelphia, and they wanted to focus on that. When, when we think about the summer of George Floyd, and the awareness that did for, you know, corporate America, they wanted to reinvest in um, in disadvantaged communities. And I, and I thought that was a, a really important uh, thing for the chamber to think about. And so they approached um, the CDFIs in Philadelphia and said, hey, would you partner with us? How do we get more capital? And so then, we, then that uh, led to bringing the banks in um, to invest more money, um, more, you know, more deposits in, into the CDFI, so we can lend um, out to um, black and brown businesses in the city of Philadelphia. So, essentially, our goal is to you know lend uh, capital to at least a, a thousand businesses over the next uh, two to three years.
1: And what's your plan for getting the word out about that?
2: Well, we've had a number of articles, of Philadelphia Inquirer, you know, the the, the Business Journal. And all of the um, ethnic newspapers and radio stations, and um, what we're doing with that hundred million, the major, the vast majority of that is loan capital for the for the CDFIs in Philadelphia. And so it's just our, honestly, it's just um, our normal, you know, come in for a loan, and we'll figure out where the capital comes from. In this particular case, the Grit Fund uh, is is extra capital from the banks to invest in the native CDFIs in Philadelphia.
1: Are there other similar programs like this around the country, or is this just, you know, is this just something that's just a Philly thing?
2: It it um appears like it's just a Philly thing because for the, all the banks to come together and agree to lend $100 million to a group of CDFIs, there are not many uh, cities uh, in America that, that have made that commitment.
1: Um, I write for the Philly Inquirer every week, and um, so, you know, I, I get you know, exposed to a lot of data. And- You know, Pew Research has a whole bunch of data about Philly in general. And I just want to get your comments on that. Do you know, you probably know this already, Dan, but in Philadelphia, this is pre pandemic, right? Of all of the businesses in Philadelphia, 75% of them are white owned, 75%, 6% are black owned, with the remaining, you know, among Asian and Hispanic and other races, you know? Why do you think? that is and what you know, and do you think that the kind of funding that you guys are providing will will make a difference in, in maybe bringing those black owned business percentages up further
2: well the why is really the legacy in the history of america yep um, when we enslave a people over generations they're not it's not only not having a head start you start you know in the negative and so there's not that generational wealth To pour to a new business. So in a way, we're starting over, you know, uh, just in the last 50 or 100 years. And so it's not it's not a surprise um, that that 6 percent of black business doesn't match the 40 percent of the population. And so, you know, we as we as America need to come to terms with that. Um, And I think that's part of the conversation that we're having here today.
1: It's a great answer. You know, it's funny. I grew up in Philadelphia and I'm in my mid 50s. You know, the average age of the U.S. small business owner is over the age of 50. I know for a fact growing up in Philly if you were a black business owner in the 1960s and 70s it was it was a lot harder for you than a white business owner and I think that has a lot to do with why black business ownership still remains low. You know, we're we're seeing the results of that. But I don't know if if you agree or not, I feel optimistic about the future. I feel like there's there's a more awareness of this, there's more funding programs like yourselves. I see a younger generation of black and brown entrepreneurs coming into this world that I think are going to change those numbers. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you feel like we are heading in a, in a, in a better direction?
2: I am an eternal uh, optimistic person, eternally optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, the issues of, of, of race in America um, just have a way of, of showing that ugly face. Yeah. If I had to, you know, my heart of hearts say, you know, the, the, the summer George Floyd, you know, and, and, and the reaction by corporate America, is that a movement or a moment? I think only time will tell whether this is truly going to be a movement to provide racial equality in America, particularly for the entrepreneurial class of this country. So I'm optimistic, but I am I am uh, cautious.
1: Fair enough. I have one final question, and then John, I'll turn it back to you for any, any questions you might have to finish. But Dan, the SSBCI, the State Small Business Credit Initiative, this is like a $10 trillion, I believe, has been approved by the government. Uh, to fund organizations like yours and banks, uh, community investment organizations. Uh, That money is hopefully coming sometime in 2022 or 2023. It's a big number. In Philly alone, it's going to be $100 million plus available in capital for uh, businesses in the area. And this affects businesses all across the country. So I guess I'd like to just ask you for our listeners, what can you tell them? How can you prepare them? um, What do they need to know? about this SSBCI funding, um, you know, as it it starts becoming available and hopefully later this year and into 2023?
2: I'll just start saying that I think this is the reason why you want to build a relationship with your financial institution (laughs) uh, or CDFI because we have access to any number of alphabet, you know, programs. And so we we, at Community First Fund and the CDFIs that we work with don't really require our um, clients, our small business owners to, to try to memorize that or know all that. That's, I think that's the value proposition that we add. We we're aware of all those funding sources and we can access. Specifically to your, to your question on the small business uh, state credit initiative, it's a game changer. It's $200 million in capital for CDFIs across the state, and a large percentage of that capital will go to CDFIs in the city of Philadelphia. And that capital will allow us to take the appropriate risk that we need to do to help uh, grow that number uh, for black and brown business that you talked about earlier.
1: God, you are so funny. I, I just literally talked to somebody from uh, Ben Franklin Enterprise and also another person at Drexel University in Philly because I'm working on this piece right now, and they said exactly what you just said, which is like you now is the time if you're a business owner, start reaching out to lenders, to people at CDFIs, to you know nonprofit groups that like, give out grants, because uh, you want to establish those relationships now and build them because. Like you just said, it could, there's a game-changing amount of money that's going to be coming available. And these people need to get the money out. You want to also get funding out to people, but you're going to be funding people that you know and you have relationships with, I'm assuming, first. And I think it's super important for business owners to realize that. Great conversation, Dan, and thank you so much. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to this segment and uh, interview. Um, you know, There's going to be a lot of money available through SSBCIs, but you should be talking to your community development financial institutions CDFIs we've been speaking to Daniel Bettinger the president and CEO at the Community First Fund if you're a Philly small business particularly if you are a black or brown owned business reach out to Dan at Community First Fund there's a 100 million dollar fund that is being launched to help your business out so i hope that information helps you obviously if you've got any questions or comments or need some advice in running your business, please visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. Dan, thanks again for joining us. John, my friend, thank you for co-hosting this. My name is Gene Marks. Uh, We will see you again with our next episode. Take care.